0: Hi, everyone. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Rachel Danny, and I'm giving my testimony tonight. Um, I won't keep you too long, because I'm only 23, so surely I don't have too many years to talk about. But I was born in 1998 into a Christian family, and I was the youngest of three. I've got an older brother and sister, Matthew and Rebecca. And um, I live on a farm just outside Market Hill. My dad, he's a farmer, and my mom, she's a gospel singer. So I've always been sent to Sunday school and church from a young age. And I've always known from a young age that I need to be saved and ask Jesus into my heart to get to heaven. And whenever I was about seven or eight years old, um, one night just in my bedroom, I did just that, and I asked the Lord into my heart. And to be honest with you, I don't really remember it that well. And you're probably sitting here tonight wondering why she's giving her testimony, she doesn't even remember it. But the thing that I do remember the most is the feeling that I got whenever I got saved. And the only way to describe it is I felt like I was clean on the inside. And it was like the joy was in my heart and all the weird worries and everything, even though I was only seven, it was all gone. And I could just, it was like I was physically washed in the blood of the lamb and I could feel it. So during my childhood, our family faced a lot of difficulties due to health problems. But I feel tonight that the Lord wants me to talk about how he's changed my life in the past year. You know, growing up in a Christian family, I never really faced many problems with my faith because I was always with Christian influences. However, the devil comes when you're alone, like he did with Eve in the Garden of Eden, and I was no different. Whenever I was 19, I moved to England to a wee place called Egham, which is just outside London, and I studied uh, law with criminology in the Royal Holloway University of London, and I loved it. Whenever I was there, and whenever I first started and you absolutely no one there. And you know one in London, let alone in the university or even doing my course. So I was dying to meet new people and start fresh. So I jumped straight into uni life and a big part of uni culture is um, drinking and I didn't hesitate to just jump straight into that. And to be honest with you at the time, I never really seen the harm in it and I kind of figured why not. So I do this and I met a lot of people through this and in my third year of university, I decided since it was my last year, that I may as well, well, of what I thought at the time, would make the most of it. So I would, was studying in law, and I was pretty pretty much a nerd, let's say. And um, I would study every day in the library, but every night I would also go out with my friends and go partying or do whatever I could, because it was my last year and the last year to do it. So through this, I met a lot of people from a lot of different friend groups, and I had a very big social life. And during the third year of my university, it all caught up to me. And eventually, um, I got depression. It says in the Bible in Philippines, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. And I know that to be true because until five seconds ago, I've never told anyone that. Sorry. You know, I always thought depression would be like what it's like on TV, that someone's just lying in bed all day and they feel really sad, but that's not what it was like for me because... I knew if I didn't go to things, then um, people would start asking me why, so I would just force myself to go, even though if I was crying because I was so mentally tired, I just fixed my makeup, and away i go smiling, and no one ever knew, and um, I just, I tried to get rid of it, and I did constantly, but it didn't work, and then I tried to take antidepressant tablets, but I was allergic, so I literally... I couldn't think of a way to do it, so I just kept moving on, and I would focus on the next event and the next party, the next um, exam, anything that was coming up, I just focused one thing at a time. And then eventually the pandemic hit, and everything was cancelled. And my whole life, as I knew it at the time, just ended. And I stayed at uni to do my exams, and then I came home, and I was so glad to be home, because I hadn't seen my family in about six months. But eventually, after a few months, had my mum make my dinners, kind of wore off. And I became very lonely because all my friends that I'd met at uni and all my whole social life, I came back, it was locked lockdown, there was nowhere to go, and all my friends were in different countries. And some of my friends were still here for, that I had before, but they were into drinking, and I knew that I no longer wanted to do that. So I began to do something that I hadn't done in a while, and I began to pray. And I remember crying to the Lord, asking him for friends, asking for a social life, asking him to get my life back together. And During this time, um, my family, my mom and dad, my brother, they'd started to go to the lifeboat, and one night my brother came here, and afterwards they went to one of the elders' houses, and there was a group of young people, and they all went back to the house and had a night's crack. And My brother, he came home, and he wouldn't stop talking about this, kept on saying what a good night he had. And then the following week, he asked me to come, and I didn't want to come, because even though I had been praying for friends, I wasn't praying for Christian friends, because it was just the life that I wasn't used to. So eventually, he persuaded me to go, and I remember I was terrified to go. I was so scared of what people would think of me and how they would see when I first came, but I went. And I went to church. And then after church, Matthew goes, come on. We go see the f- his friends. So we went over. And it was all just a group of boys. And he knew if he told me that, that I would not have went. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to talk about football and pretend I'm interested for this whole night to get a bit quicker. So somebody mentioned a girl called Miriam. And she was already home at this stage. And I was like, I don't know who this girl is. But she's coming tonight because I cannot deal with these boys all night. So we went and we picked her up and we went to a youth rally in Lisburn. And it was fun, I didn't really mind it, but it just wasn't what I was used to, because I was used to going out and partying, and then the next minute, we were in a field in Lisburn singing hymns, and it was very different from what I was used to. And Miriam kept asking me if I was gonna go to the barn on Saturday night. And for those of you that don't know, the barn's the youth meeting that, that I've put, have. And I told her, yes, I was going, but I had no intention of going. I actually never intended to see her ever again. (laughs) I thought I'd never come back to this life, but after tonight, that's me done. And she asked again, and I says, yeah, I'll be there, but no, and then um, just before she left, whenever we dropped her off of the car, she looks at me, and I still can picture it. She has the biggest grin in her face, and she goes, I'm so excited that you're coming to the barn on Saturday. I can't wait, and the Lord knows I'm a pushover. (laughs) And I was like, I'm gonna have to go to this barn. So it was a barbecue, so I was like, I'll go to the barbecue, I'll sit through the meeting and I'll just go home and that'll be it, I'll never come back to the lifeboat. And um, we were just outside the front doors having a barbecue and a woman in the congregation, Lynn, she came over and she was talking to us and introducing herself to me. And she says to me, Rachel, I'm so glad you're here because I've been praying for a friend for Mary at this church. And the minute she said that, it really hit me because i had also been praying for a friend. And to be honest, I wasn't praying for (laughs) Miriam. But as soon as she said that, I knew that Miriam was the friend that God had given me. And I was meant to be here as the lifeboat. And I'm not here tonight telling you they have to be the lifeboat. But I am here tonight to tell you that you need the Lord. And I just uh, then I started reading my Bible and actually listening to the services and everything. And the Lord brought me to Psalm 119. And I've actually read this one quite a lot, and um, there's a bit in it about testimony, and I always skipped through it because I really didn't want to give my testimony, but here I am tonight. And um, the verse I wanted to say about was the very last one. It's 176, and it says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. And just like Beulah said tonight, she felt lonely, but the Lord was always with her. And it's the same with me. Um, So I would just, go to Bible services and I come here as much as I could. And then this was only in June this year that barbecue happened. Then only a few months ago, Stephen Riddle, he was up here and he was preaching and he was crying because he wanted people to get saved so much and he cared so much that he was literally crying here. And I was crying at the back of the church. And there and then, just like you can do tonight, I asked the Lord to forgive me and I repented for my sins And just to him, forgive me for everything that I've done in the past three years and even the things that I forgot about and just everything I asked him to. And right there and then, in this church, as soon as I said amen, there that feeling came back whenever I was seven. At that point in my life, I hadn't been help. sorry, I hadn't felt happiness in nearly two years. And as soon as I said amen, I felt clean on the inside. A depression through sin had a grasp on me, but not anymore. Now there's joy, joy, joy in my heart since Jesus made everything right. I gave him my old dirty garments. He gave me a robe of pure white. And now I'm feasting on the manna of heaven. And that's why I'm happy tonight. Amen. Thank you.